From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. The most the thing I miss most about physical school is going like going to the playground or swimming or physical activities that in like it involves a lot in um, a part of a person's life physical activities and uh, fun like swimming around in the pool or uh, running around in the ground it's really fun that's what i miss of physical school agar main school mein gayi thi to mujhe aur bhi zyada acche se samajh aata hai kyunki ma'am board pe jab padhati to maza aata hai usme padhne mein but mamma to copy mein padhati hai na to thoda sa waise ho jata hai That was Ananya Mira, a class 7 student at an international school in Hyderabad, followed by Sonalika Sharma, a fourth standard student of a municipal school in New Delhi. The two may lead vastly different lives, but the closure of schools, the enforced isolation of the long lockdown has served up a common experience of loss for them, as it has for millions of children across the country. After about 18 months India has gradually started to open up schools in a staggered fashion. In Mumbai for instance from where I'm recording today's podcast schools are opening for middle and high secondary students from October 4th. By children's day all schools are likely to be opened up. But there is huge concern and anxiety among parents and children themselves. Covid is after all not vanished from our lives and children are not yet vaccinated. How far his two years of physical absence from school set us back? What is the future of school education looking like? Today's podcast is in two parts. In the first part, I speak to Dr. Tanu Singhal, who is a consultant in pediatrics and infectious diseases at Mumbai's Kokila Ben Hospital. She has worked extensively on infectious diseases in children and treated multiple cases of MIS among children who contracted COVID. She talks about the safety aspect of sending children back to school and how worried should parents be. In part 2, I speak to educationist Rukmini Banerjee about the impact of these 18 months on children, particularly the poorer children who don't always have access to smartphones or seamless connectivity. We also talk about how this COVID-induced pause should be used to reset India's school education system. Dr. Singhal, most states have started uh, opening schools in a staggered fashion. Uh, Maharashtra itself is starting from October 4th and and uh, hopefully by November everybody would be back at school. As a pediatrician, does that cause you some concern? Well, yes, um, there is concern but there is happiness too. because you know we are seeing so many children who are having bearing the you know brunt of not being able to go to school for the past one and a half years and um, there is concern about their mental health about their learning and so many other problems so and the benefits of opening the schools are more than the risks associated with it I'm a parent as well and I have two children who go to school so I am in both shoes um so what I would tell the parents is that uh, you know it is a mild illness and uh, if these children follow all the precautions which we tell them to 
the chances are that they will not get infected and god forbid even if they get infected they will just have a mild flu like illness like any other viral respiratory infection and they will recover and this is basically applicable to the parents of children who are healthy now at this time children who have serious comorbidities like you know heart disease lung disease or severe obesity they should actually continue to remain at home because those are the children who may get severe illness if they get covid but for healthy children it shouldn't be a problem what makes them uh, slightly more immune to covid than say adults so there are many factors the most important factor is that the ace2 receptor which is the receptor through which the covid virus enters the lung is immature in children so the virus is not able to bind to the receptor effectively apart from that children have healthier lungs they have better immunity they have larger lymphocyte numbers and also because they keep getting these viral infections they have um, better immunity they may have got infected with other corona viruses which makes them more immune so that is why they actually uh, you know do better with the viral infection in in the last year and a half what kind of infections have you seen in children and you've also spoken about this mic uh infection which causes inflammation can you talk a little bit about that because again as i said parents will be concerned we have seen many children with infections in the past um, one and a half year and uh, to my as i recall there have been hundreds of children but all of them have recovered at home and uh, with just two or three days of fever like any other viral illness there have been a few whom we have had to admit mainly if their parents were infected for those reasons or a couple of children in whom uh, they who got a pneumonia but all of them recovered and went home yes the multi system inflammatory syndrome is a concern but you know out of 100000 children who get covid only one will get this mis and even if they get mis all of them recover the fatality rate is very low so we've had about 35 children with mis admitted in the past one and a half years and every one of them has done well and gone home so if the disease is caught in time these children also do well so all in all also we must understand that a large section of the children are already immune to covid there was an icmr study in june which said 57.2% of children between the ages of 6 to 9 and 61% between the ages of 10 to 17 had shown antibodies the fact that we are dealing with children who may not always be amenable to kind of uh, you know the rules of social distancing etc what what are the kind of what is your new wish list as a parent and as a doctor the first thing is that there has to be responsible behavior on the part of parents and the child that if the child is sick then the child should not be sent to school the second thing is that the school hours should be limited um and you know such that the child doesn't have to eat and drink in school because the greatest risk is that you know if the child takes the mask off the third thing is that the classes the the window should be open and the children should be made a little uh, made to sit a little bit far from each other maybe they could uh, you know do three half the batch on three days of a week and the other half also the fear and phobia should be less and it shouldn't be that you know if one child from the class gets covid then you know the entire class shuts down i don't think that is a reasonable thing to do yes if there is excess number of infections then the same can be done 
So I think and we'll have to learn as we go forward because, um, you know, all over the world, schools have been functioning. It's only here that schools have not been functioning. And we have to go in with an open mind, with the understanding that just if the number of infections in the community rise, then, um, of course, we should be prepared to close the schools again. But even that one month that the children will get in school will be enough to help them out the next few months if they have to stay in lockdown. I mean, there are many parents who say that, you know, we will not send our school, children to school unless they get vaccinated. You know, that is a big thing. But then I try and counsel those parents by saying that, look, vaccines are far away for children because we don't see them coming anytime soon. It may be six months, it may be nine months. And even if they come, they will be prioritized for children who have comorbidities. So um, it's a long, long wait. And we don't even know whether they will be really needed and to just say that, um, you know, you won't send your child to school till the child gets vaccinated is not the correct approach. However, I would also say that all the family members, adults should be vaccinated. That is extremely important. And um, that that is important uh, So for the family members to get vaccinated. Some of the kids that I was speaking to, I mean, there is also concern among kids that, you know, there's COVID in the air and they, they, they also suffer from anxiety and, and they say that we are not vaccinated. If, if you were talking to a child, what would you say to her or him? You see children now going out everywhere. I mean, they are going down and playing. It's not like the early days of the epidemic when they were not going down. They are going to their friend's house. They are going out shopping. They are going out in malls. So... I tell them that the risk of you catching COVID in school is the same as in all these other areas. Why is it any different? So if you're ready to go to all these places, then you should be get ready to go to school as well. And you will see these same children who are saying that we don't want to go to school are going out everywhere else. It's not that they're staying put at home. <laughs> so we have to take this step, you know, of, uh, you know, breaking this inertia or, you know, crossing this line and then I think they'll get used to it. I think it's a matter of the first few days and then everybody will get used to it. We must understand that despite the fact that we've been all at all children have been home for 18 months, still the zero prevalence rates are 60%. That means children will get infected no matter what. And the chances of them getting infected from their adult um, members is higher than what they have than the risk from school. And we must understand that the adults in the family are also going out. That's where we will. One second. So, um, I was just told not to talk too much. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm. But I didn't say who, why, what I'm doing. That's my next guest, Dr. Rukmini Banerjee, one of India's foremost thinkers in education. She's the CEO of Pratham. She has led Pratham's research and assessment efforts, including the annual Status of Education report, better known as ASAR which has over the years become a benchmark to assess the levels of learning in children, particularly those in government and municipal schools. She has just won the prestigious Yidden Prize for her work on improving children's learning levels. On the day we are recording this, she's suffering from a really bad throat and hence the instruction from her family to not talk too much. But well, we press on regardless. There would be a huge loss of learning in these intervening months. So the estimates, and we have also done a, a study just before the second lockdown in Karnataka, 
because I thought that there is a lot of talk about learning loss. There are a lot of studies, but you need to do this a little bit rigorously. Sure. The study that we did went back to the same design as the 2018 ASAR for Karnataka. And of course, you see, as, I mean, as expected, it's just that the estimates are more precise. You can, you know, you can, you can get a quantitative and a you know, quick hang on it rather than a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hand wringing and all of that. So for all states, we've tracked the cohort over time and really try to look at what do you achieve in a normal year? What's a typical year in India? It's not like a typical year is a glorious year in India, right? We've known that learning levels are low. Mm. They are very varied. Mm. And the learning pathways over time are quite flat. Mm. Indicating that if you didn't have your basic reading and math skills in place early, mm. then you don't gain that much because the teaching that happens in the classroom is on grade level. Mm. So if you're not grade level or close to grade level, you don't gain as much as is designed because your, your entire curriculum and instructional practice is based on fifth standard ke bachche ko fifth ka I'll give you an example of UP that depending on the cohort, depending on the grade, depending on years, anywhere between five to 15 percentage points, improvement in the ability to read a basic text, like a simple story at the beginning of the year, whatever the level was by the end of the year, anywhere between five to 15 percentage uh, point, more children can do it. Basic literacy. Basic, like a simple das line ki kahani. Asar terminology, we would say second standard level text. But just think of it as a simple story that someone can read to you and tell you ki kya hua okay? Without that, it's hard to engage with any kind of text. Now, now we cut to, so UP can do this on a normal year. Okay, is this enough? What if you wanted to come back and pick up this, you know, and accelerate it? Is there any experience or any evidence of having done it? Again, I'll give you the example of UP because in 2018-19, we worked very closely with UP government on you know, a version of our teaching at the right level approach, which basically builds reading and math for kids, third standard and above, who've been mm -hmm. in school for a couple of years, but are well below. Right? Mm. There we looked at our own data statewide, all government schools, and saw that in 60 days, when the system puts its mind to it, puts aside the curriculum for two hours a day, not in the whole day, two hours a day, you were able to get 15 to 20 percentage points in 60 days, hmm. which means, let's say schools open tomorrow, UP schools are opened. Yes. We have October, November, December, January, February, March. We still have six months. My feeling is, and I wish, you know, whoever is supposed to listen should listen to me. At least you are. <laughs> in six months, you could come back to a much higher level of basic foundational reading and math than you would in a normal year. The evidence shows the system, even like UP, is capable of coming back with a bang on basic things. I'm not saying algebra and trigonometry. Basic reading and math, if you put aside your grade level curriculum, you can actually come back and build these basic foundations quite solidly, even in the time that we have left for this school year. States and parents both are nervous ki bahut loss ho gaya. So if your child is in fifth, usko fifth ka na jaldi jaldi se padha. But the fact is your child was not at fifth level. He may have been in the fifth standard classroom. You know, excepting maybe in urban, highly educated elite schools and families, the rural data shows that only half of fifth even before the pandemic, was at second standard level. Yes. 
तो उनको फिफ्थ का घोल के पढ़ाने से और देर सम स्टेट्स विच से एक क्लास पीछे से पढ़ाएंगे बट बच्चे एक्चुअली इससे काफी पीछे थे and when you take this stance that i don't mind where you are today because lots has happened hmm. let me start at your level hmm. and my goal is to make you read sufficiently with understanding because with that you can read science you can read math you can read anything if i put my mind to that we still have enough time in this school year even if schools open after diwali to do this big push so but you will need a very realistic reassessment for for something like this when the reassessment is go back and look at where the kids are which you're going to do anyway so rather than as soon as kids walk through the door hand them their grade level curriculum and start take 3 days talk to every kid do a little simple assert test figure it out and start from where they are <laughs> and where they are if you are if you believe data they are they were already several grade years behind they are probably a little bit more behind than that <laughs> they are certainly not at grade level only probably 20 30% of your class is at grade level i'm saying one hour for reading one hour for math but in those two hours put aside your grade level curriculum the highest level kids can still do a lot of work with little bit of guidance the other kids need the teacher's help hmm. uh the abrupt jump to online which would which was anyway coming and actually can be a great tool uh how do you think it can be best adapted to sort of the various uh, cohorts in indian schools so two or three things on that firstly the online didn't happen for bulk of kids right rural kids did not have any online they had some small messages or something some worksheets going on whatsapp that's not online that's just you know something so the online happened for a certain uh, uh, layer who had devices at home who were all children had devices at home but the teacher had access to devices and they i think have adapted and i'm not as familiar with you know these kind of schools but they seem to have adapted to whatever it is that they are doing they too need to do a measurement to see you know how well have they adapted based on what their normal patterns are i think what this message goes out is that we need to be ready for you know i think we need to be ready for both types you need to be three types according to you need to be ready for face to face whether it is face to face like what we are doing or face to face in real terms uh, or we need to be ready for that we also be need need to be ready where we are not synchronously talking because i may have issues on connectivity or whatever but more importantly i need to have continuous access to devices now whether in delhi or in chandigarh large urban centers when we have been talking to schools there are there are families which have a we have a smartphone at home but the smartphone is with your parent who is away at work comes home at 10 o'clock at night there are three kids at home one father told me ki kiske liye kya aaya hai wo bhi samajhna mushkil hai and anyway my phone is one phone i have three kids so how do they look at that whatsapp worksheet how do they do it i mean this is this is not a, this is just like a little something on the side this is not this can't be education so it's kind of a performative idea of education every village in india now has a brick and mortar school good bad ugly but we have one i think we need to provide that digital infrastructure the connectivity and devices and my feeling is that the urban model will not be very useful as a model because this individual child having devices is not going to happen in a long time 
So I think we need to develop pedagogical methods, which, which, which basically are based on group learning. So if there is a digital device library in a school, how best is that device circulating among the kids where it's not one-on-one? -on -one? See, entire Western online model, MOOCs and everything is that every device hoga, connectivity hogi, and that's how it's going to work. But in a lot of other work that we are doing, we see that group can play a very big role in assisting learning. And a group device where you're doing things together has two advantages. One is that you're sharing a device. But the second is you have a group together who can also help to add quite a bit to this process of whatever you're learning, depending on what you're learning. So if I have to deliver algebra to you, right now it's just being delivered in exactly the same way, except through some digital means. It has not been adapted to saying, I have to send it to you, you're not alone, you're with a bunch of kids, and you guys together can sort it out quite a bit. You know, in the way that you do in MBA, we don't do that in school, right? Now, so I think there's going to be for the maximum advantage of using digital technology, using technology as a trigger, as opposed to a, it's just a pipe that they're putting into your mouth. I think a lot more work needs to be done. The Asar assessment, which is one-on-one, -on -one, with just a simple piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the Asar tool. This is all that it is. This is the Asar tool. That's it. That's it. This can be done by your last dadi in the last village. Yes. This is language and this is maths. And my mm. child Up to fifth, this is a kam chal jata hai. Mm. Okay. Mm. That's very effective. Uh. Yeah, and everyone can do it. So, but it was developed because of our realities, our conditions. I think it's all very highly based on San Francisco mein kya ho hai? rather than Saharanpur. Mein kya ho hai? <laughs> this is based on Saharanpur. Mein kya ho hai? Say in Europe, for instance, I mean, the UK Minister for Education said it is an essential service. Education is an essential service. We've had a very different outlook towards that. Do you think um, that was the best approach? I do think a couple of things are necessary, which we could have done. One is bringing parents and teachers closer together. Okay, this kind of a chat that we are doing, I think can be done with parents. Uh, and can be done with parents in different ways. Parents, teachers have been in school, parents have been going to work. So they can meet, even if you want to keep the children at bay for whatever reason. And so I think we have, now a lot of school systems are doing it. But I think we should have done this earlier to bring the parents and teachers at a local level closer in their mindset, in their views, in understanding each other's problems. Because I have a great faith in locally useful solutions emerging. So, if, uh, for example, in Delhi, the Delhi government decided to do at the end of August, very systematic set of class-wise parent meetings. So 70% parents came. So now they know 30% who didn't come need special attention because they are not part of this conversation. And they discussed what are the possible ways in which to resume learning. What to do if kids can't come at all? What to do if some can come and some can't come? And I think these kinds of discussions at a local level, you know, at a block level would help. Probably for a large system like India, you have to decide the state says school kholo ya school bantar. But the Bandkaro may be actually quite variable depending on the local condition. I was in Chandigarh last week. 
schools have opened for 9th, 10th, 11th. Private schools are going empty because private schools draw children from a much greater geographical area, so they need buses. You can't run a bus for three classes. The economy of the bus or you know whatever, the, the calculations needs the whole school. Government schools, 9th, 10th, 11th are running full because the children walk to school. Now schools have opened, but the private schools are still doing online. Some children are coming, some are not coming. So they need to adequately prepare for, I have a class, some of which is in front of me, some of which is on Zoom, and some of which is not there. So in Tino ke liye, what do I have to do? I have to think about it. It's like I'm teaching the same thing in three different ways simultaneously. Government school teachers, everybody in front of them. So even with school opening, you're facing very different instructional conditions. And those need to be adapted at the local level. Hopefully by Children's Day, everybody should be back at school. I mean, it's almost like, I, you know, locally you may still have some which are on or off, but nationally, just say that now both because from say Diwali to Holi, we have that six months that I'm talking about and use that time to rebuild, reconnect, settle down. Don't worry about curriculum and learning outcomes. Just, you know, get back to being friends with each other and picking up the basic foundations again. While, of course, there's a lot of lamenting about uh, the, the setback in education, I, I just want to ask you that this is also for a country like India, it provides an opportunity to sort of reset education. If, if I were to sort of uh, be slightly reductive and say like three prescriptive things that you would uh, well, suggest. Put us for the primary grades, completely put aside your curriculum. Help children reconnect. Help them to get their, these basic foundations. We are talking a lot about literacy and numeracy. Help them to get back and play together. Yesterday, I was in a, cl in a class where I said, hey, draw, draw together. Kids can't draw together. They can draw their own. You know, do these kinds of things that bring you back together in groups. So lay your foundations well. For the upper primary grades, do the same. Maybe not put aside the curriculum, but ensure that everybody has their foundations. And actually make an effort about finding out what they learned during the lockdown. Because at age 10 to 14, you've learned a lot about managing things, coping with crisis. So I think if you listen to children, you'd probably get a curriculum out of that. But what children learned when they weren't taught. Mm. And third thing would be, <clears throat> I would say for 2022, do a exam the way that your GREs and SATs are done. Do it when you're ready. Don't, there is no March you know, 28th when you have to do your English paper. Enable it so that any time between March and next August, let's say, kids when they are ready, feel they're ready can go and do their exam, can try several times, because I think that is doable. We have enough technology on that front to do this well, but allow that flexibility so that that brings in the education, the exam reform that you need as well. So foundations in upper primary grade, look at what else kids have learned because that's the age to learn those. Yes. And um, any time testing. <laughs> School Today's episode is produced by Arun George, Jairad Singh and Sunai Marathi. 
For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.